apparently, you know, when they used to say that nothing good happens after midnight, apparently some profit margin does. Winter, our old friend. We've come to stay away from you again as we episode episode number one thirty five of the Promo Front Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, let's call him the legend of leadership himself, the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how are you this wintry morning? It is uh, wintry is exactly right. Uh, you know, we're on the day we're recording this. I think it was about twelve degrees this morning uh, when I came to my truck. So. It's chilly, but uh, other than that thing, I would just say hectic. Um, yeah. Lots, lots going on today. Uh, exciting stuff. Yes. So, but other than that, doing great, buddy. How about you? I'm good. Um, I shared a picture on on Facebook last night of the absolute <laughs> Arctic blast we've had here in Nashville that, that has com- has completely paralyzed the city. It's uh, 38 degrees, <laughs> a little bit of rain in the air. And there's a mild threat of frozen precipitation. So we've shut the city down. I don't think anybody's going to go to the store until March. So uh, uh, no, it's everything's fine. It's been a little chilly. I'm cold. Um, it's just raw outside. It's just yeah. that that February rawness that's, that's coming out. But it's all good. But, you know, as I was looking outside and I was waiting for the leaves to come out, I was, it got me to thinking, Kirby, as things often do. Yeah. You know, we hear a lot about sustainability and being environmentally conscious, but how do we know who's just happy talking about it mm. and who's really doing something about it? That's a big question. Yeah. Well, I can tell you when it comes to a continual focus on the environment, you need to look no further than our good pals over at Shapenko. Mm. Well, Kirby, I think you're aware this is the 90th anniversary of Shapenko. And while they've been focused on sustainability for decades, they're really finally sharing with everyone exactly what they're doing. They use legal water wash when they're cleaning their screens. They reclaim screen materials to reduce the waste stream. They use metal reusable frames for reduction of that waste stream. And all the cartons they use are composed of at least 50% recycled material. So that's walk in the walk, right? Mm-hmm. But even more this year, they're moving to clear PET bags for special packaging and they're tra- transitioning all of their lights to LED in the factory to reduce their carbon footprint. Uh, so when it comes to some sustainability, Shapenko really does walk that walk, don't they, Kirby? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, I think the, the product line is great. The, you know, you, you add about the sustainability, but then you add that with the quality people that are there and the quality product that they have. And that's what makes it a home run. It, it does. Kirby, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I know. And, we, and well, there you go. And we didn't even talk about their insanely creative, cost-effective, and amazing eco-friendly products. In fact, I think everyone should pause the podcast right now. Just stop the podcast and immediately head over to the newly redesigned Shapenko.com. Kirby's paused right now. So head over to the newly redesigned Shapenko.com to see all their fabulous merchandise that will help your client communicate their message while being eco-friendly. Go ahead, pause it. We'll be here when you're done. <laughs> All right, I'd like to welcome you back to the podcast. Thank you for heading over to shapenko.com. All right, so with this episode 135, Kirby, you have the honor. And I'd like to say it's a distinct honor 
yes. of having the upfront portion of the podcast this morning. I don't know about the listeners, but I'm giddy with anticipation as to what topic you will regale us with today. Yeah. Um, always an honor to have the upfront uh, part of the podcast. Um, so this time I'm going to lean on a listener. Love it when oh, folks uh, send us topics. So the great Jason Noakes actually sent us this Ooh. one um, and just as a, something to discuss. And so Vistaprint yeah. um, yep. has essentially come out and, and announced that they uh, have a new reseller program. Um, okay. For, it's called Pro Advantage for the Pros. It's a print reseller program created by professionals for creative professionals. So essentially, you can have a sort of a free membership um, with this where um, you can, I think, essentially do print and or some promo um, or you can do you get there's a paid version and it's 75 bucks a year. So it's pretty affordable. Um, and they have a care team. It's a, they have essentially um, started to offer the things that they offer, but now that, you know, whether you're a graphic designer, whether you're an independent screen printer, you can then utilize Vistaprint as, um, mm. sort of your buying group and your, they, there's customer yeah. care team people, um, uh, 40% off all products and quantities. Uh, there's even a flat rate shipping piece of it, free shipping on certain mm. size orders. It's an interesting piece. I think what Vistaprint has done for a long time is very interesting. And um, this is new and a new way for people to utilize Vistaprint. And yeah. I, I kind of wanted to just get your take on, you know, them dipping their toe and doing this side. Good for the industry, bad for the industry, good for us distributors. What say, Bill? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is anytime I hear marketing that says it's built by professionals for <laughs> professionals, I want a list of those professionals who built the thing. <laughs> um, it smacks to me. It's right up there with the best burger in Vegas. I want to know who is the governing body yeah. that decides the best burger in Vegas. So that being said, it's one of those marketing uh, slogans I just can't stand as, you know, built by you for you. Yeah. Um, I just can't. I just can't deal with that. So. Having said that, I think it's, I don't think it's bad or good. I think it's just an is, I think it's yeah. a natural evolution of what Vistaprint has done for years. You know, they're owned by Simpress, which also happens to old, own our friends over at Gold Star mm -hmm. uh, Pen. So, you know, they've had their toe in the water for, for sure. quite some time. And so to create some sort of affiliate program where, you know, maybe you get a little extra or you get some extra services, maybe you earn some income. I, I think it's an interesting approach. I'd be... It, you know, the only concern I have is it makes it just that much easier for anybody to do yep. on the surface, anybody to do what promotional products distributors do again. And I say on the surface, this is from a barrier to entry perspective. Our industry is real easy to get into, right? Yep. We, we used yep. to joke, all you need is a pulse and a working credit card. Yep. However, what, what it's going to do is continue to separate the cream from the crop. And so we can, what we're adding to on that Vistaprint thing for the most part is probably the crop. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's people who are going to do very small, meaningless orders, not building a business, probably orders of convenience, things for family reunions, things like that. I don't see it as a giant threat, but I think it bears watching. Yeah. I think it bears watching. Um, and I'm kind of with you on this. Um, as again, I'm kind of looking at the website. I think that they're, their concept is very interesting. I think wait, one, wait one they, of, they have a they have a website. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, one of the things that they had said, you know, in the frequently asked questions, yeah, 
is, uh, you know, will my clients know I'm using Vistaprint or will Vistaprint contact my clients? I actually think that's a, a, a hill that they're going to have to overcome, ironically, with the very people that they're going to want to serve, right? And so what I mean by that is the folks who might be in the market for um, these kind of services are the ones who are going to be more paranoid that Vistaprint is just out to steal their clients, right? And so I think that is something that they're going to have to overcome. But, you know, I'm with you. I think that was my concern. It's like super. Some more people who believe that by purchasing this membership that now they're pros. And so they're going to kill it in this industry. So I I think from a business model perspective, the entrepreneur in me respects the crap out of it. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. I actually, you know, other than that one line, I think the overall website, the concept is really I'm sure it's well thought out. Um, but the other, you know, the other side of it, it's like, okay, cool. Bob down the street is now sell- saying he's doing t-shirts. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you know but here's an, the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Bob down the street selling t-shirts is generally not going to be a threat to you and your business model. Yeah. Now for people who are selling just a couple t-shirts, this is a threat to their business model. Yeah. So again, to my perspective, I think we're on the same page here. You're yeah, separating the wheat from the chaff here yeah. and, and that's fine. Add, add, you know, again, rising tide lifts all boats. I, I, for years was on that bandwagon of, you know, the barrier to entry is too uh, low. And honestly, at this point, I think it works itself out. Yeah. I think it works itself out. So what I would say, and it, this is something that I think you and I agree, it doesn't affect our business model. But no. I think in some times it it will affect you on an order. It will affect you on right. in the business in the short term. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. that's just a headache more than anything. Does it affect my I overall agree. plan? No, but it's like, oh, great. Now the United Way is going to get one more bid. And the right. folks they're getting bids from are the people who are like, well, but I can do it cheaper. And those are right. annoying people to compete against because they're right. <laughs> they can do it cheaper. They can also yeah. do it shittier. Kudos. Yeah. So I think that that's really where it plays out. Well, and again, I think you're 100% right. The thing it does is it's it adds speed bumps. It adds a little bit of friction yeah, yeah, yeah. because they don't know exactly what they're doing and they yep. don't know how to sell. They don't know how to really look at it from a marketing perspective. How do I use, yep. how does my customer use this vehicle to further their goods? It's, well, excellent. Thank you. It's both an yeah. opportunity and an annoyance. It is. It is. Well, thank you, Jason Noakes, for bringing this up to our attention. In fact, uh, I'm pretty amped up about it. I got to be honest with you. I'm pretty amped up, but I think I got to turn that dial up to 11 and amp it up just a little bit more. Hey, distributors, I have a question for you. Is your marketing working? (laughs) Fake laughter. Hey, if you can't answer that question with an immediate hell yes, then you need to reach out to our good pals over at Promo Pulse, Jason Noakes. They can help you consistently amp amplify your sales through stunningly beautiful outbound marketing that's so easy you customize it you set it you forget it within five minutes learn more at promopulse.io slash amp okay kirby Mm -hmm. um i've got a couple here for you i think this is the one i want to talk about so uh, this is from fast company which used to be a website i love to go to now it's it's iffy this was a good article but you know fast company can be a little uh uh, clickbaity at times so this was something called leadership fatigue is real. Okay. In a recent survey, they found that almost 70% of senior executives are seriously 
uh, considering quitting for a job that better supports their well-being. Hmm. And that 81% said that improving their well-being is now more important than advancement at work. Hmm. So leadership, you've been a leader, I've been a leader, you know, we could sit here and probably talk for 14 days straight about our our, our challenges we've had, the mistakes sure. we've made, the successes we've had, all those things. But I think in recent years, especially during the pandemic, leadership has been stretched to its limit. Yeah, you're worried about economic crisis, you're worried about supply chain disruption, quiet quitting, all these things. And those who are leading teams through challenging times, you have to acknowledge hardship without signaling despair. And that's a yeah. very fine line to walk. And you have to yes. model vulnerability without appearing weak and ineffective. So it's a very difficult thing to do. So bottom line, leaders are absolutely exhausted. And it got me to really connecting with something our, our mutual friend, Mike Michalowicz, has been talking about on social media recently, which is you need to take a break from your business for four weeks. Mm. But more importantly, your business needs to take a break from you for four weeks. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to get your perspective on that theory of taking, uh, maybe four weeks is too much, but a measurable amount of time off where you're not communicating with your office. I want you, I want your thoughts from a leadership perspective, mm -hmm. but also from the business perspective. And I've got some thoughts on it since I'm blindsiding you, but if you no, want to go, th go. Yeah, this is something I think a lot about. Um, uh, just you're right. Mutual friend, Mike McCallowitz, he's got a great book called Clockwork that essentially lays yeah. out how you try to set up your business so that you could take a four-week vacation. And I think that part of the four-week vacation concept is a, it's shocking because you're just like, as an entrepreneur, you're like, how could that possibly work? But that's how right. you, when you ask big questions, like that's how you get different answers. Um, mm -hmm. I, and, and now I've read the book, I've tried to implement some of the things, but I've not taken a four week vacation. So, you know, take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. What I will say is I do take, you know, I, I travel pretty regularly. I do take breaks, you, do. Um, you know, usually five to seven days. Mm -hmm. And Number one, I think from your original point, from a leadership perspective, I find I get more done right before I'm going vacation. I get to recharge and then I'm fresher when right. I come back. So I'm a, that's right. one of the reasons I do it. Um, the other thing, and it was unintended when I first started doing this, is that when I leave, I learn where my bottlenecks are. Um, yep. Because immediate, and even if it's only for five days, mm -hmm. I, and if you're paying attention as a leader, if you can't be at the beach for one day without having mm -hmm. to phone, you know, answer your phone or do this or that, then, you know, there's your sign that your business is too reliant yeah. on you. Um, and I've found that I'm getting better and better and better at being able to really step away because my team is so strong, like with Dustin and Emily and that whole crew, right. but those things that they can't answer. Those things that they can't do, even, you know, once you've lifted them up, you're like, okay, I'm too yeah. involved here. I, I, that's where I think McCallowitz hypothesis is super powerful. If you pay attention yeah. to that, you do find the places it's like, I couldn't step away. What happens if I get sick? Yeah. Like it really does highlight that. So I'm a, I'm a big believer. Yeah, I am too. And I think it's an eye opener to look at. I think as entrepreneurs, we, you know, we all start out, very few of us start off with a team. You start yeah, off agreed. with yourself. So you're yep. wearing every single hat. Yep. And as you grow, you add people to the team and, and you hire the best you can. You want them to be yep. in syncopation with the way you think and the way you would do things. And that's just human nature. And so I think it's what's the, what's some the, the greatest 
uh, strength of any entrepreneur is also the greatest weakness. Mm -hmm. The ability to do many things at the same time, not multitasking, but be able to wear yep. multiple hats and yep. be able to do things exactly the way you want them done. That's also a weakness because 100%. an employee will never bleed for your company the way you will because you built it. And they will, they might care. And that's great. If you can find an employee that cares, you've, you've won 90% of the battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they might not do it exactly the way you want to do it. So it's it's hard to resist that temptation to go in and say, yeah, I will, that's great. But what if we did it just a little bit more the way more, I always more do the it? way that I do it? Yeah. Super. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I will I, tell you, that's a, that is a weakness. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it is. I think that's every, all of us yeah. who, who do so what, we're, what we do. Um, but I think when you leave that away, when you when you're able to distance yourself from it, what it really communicates, it does what you said. I love what you said. It shows me where the bottlenecks are. It shows you where the real issues are. What is my team not equipped to handle? Because I'm not there. That's that's the the that main. I question, haven't right given them right. You haven't yeah, empowered haven't, them to do. Yep. Yep. And so I think when you take that time away, and no matter what happens they got to deal with it. And I think that's a real tough one, it you know, because I think, I think most of us think of, oh, I could take four weeks off and they could just contact me in an emergency. No, yeah. I think the idea is they need to handle the emergencies. And so when there are those things that are emergencies that come up, it fosters innovation. They may do yeah. things better than you ever would do them. They may come yes. up with solutions that are smarter and 100%. cheaper than you would ever come up with. And it really creates that culture that we all crave. We all say we crave. We want independence and autonomy. Mm -hmm. And so I think taking a week off, four weeks is a lot. Yeah. I, that's tough. Um, and, and to to and, to, to McAllister's defense, he literally is like, you, you may, it may oh, take yeah. you three years to get there. So it's like, it isn't mm -hmm. like you just leave tomorrow and no. say hell with it. it he he kind of gives you the whole concept, but it, it's that's a building the block. goal, right? And so yeah. I, it's it's super interesting. But it's a building block because, I mean, I work with, with clients right now on a coaching perspective. And one of the challenges is I got my hands in everything. And so everybody yeah. comes to them for every single thing yeah. and they have no time to do their own business. So my first thing is always... When someone comes to you, and this is, I think, a way to start this process, my opinion, when someone, an employee comes to you and says, well, how, what should I do here? The immediate question you should ask them is, what do you think we should do? It's, and then let them talk. Most times they're going to come up with the same solution you, you already have because you've yep. trained them. Or they might come up with a solution you haven't thought of that's, like I said, more, uh, more cost effective or better for the client and better for the company. So start by pushing off instead of solving the problem. Take a deep breath so and say, hard. how would you handle this? <laughs> it's so it hard. I, oh, it, I've it been is, there many times. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is, all this right. is Good really, yeah, I, this is a really interesting topic, Bill. And it's one that I think all uh, small business owners can, can relate to, but it yeah. is, it, it really is a powerful thing. Like you said, you know, if you're a solopreneur, that's really hard. And, yeah. and here, I'll, let me tell a tale on myself. So I, I do a pretty good job of this, right? Mm -hmm. But even when I go on vacation, I feel better when I get up yeah. early in the morning, have a cup of coffee and just look through my emails. Um, mm -hmm. So like uh, Simon Sinek, I think we've talked about this where he says, when I go on vacation, I tell my team that, you know, hey, I'm on vacation, but if there's an emergency, handle it. I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and, and his whole thing is that that gives them, you know, more empowerment. And, and I think yeah. it's true. I get that. That being said, mm -hmm. I, you know, one of my challenges, if I get on the email real early, 
I don't send that memo to my clients, right? right. If there's an emergency with my client, I still kind of like that they would. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it off, but I I I still struggle with the idea of just completely unplugging and going to someplace with no Wi-Fi. So I, you know, I'm, see, this, I'm iffy on it. <laughs> this is this is where I'd push back and say what you're doing is you're making yourself feel better. I, I agree. And by by doing that. You're telling your team in some way, I really don't fully trust you. And I know you do. I think it's one of those things. It's just a real hard disconnect to me. It's real hard. So no, no, no criticism of you or your team at all. I'm not in any way, shape or form. I'm not taking I think it it's just hard because I'm the same way. Yeah, it's, so I it can is, need to be the pot or the kettle is, in this conversation. Yeah, this is that part where I'm like, hey, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, have a, I'm Kirby Hospin and I have an email problem. Yeah, yeah I, I totally do. Do as I say, not as I do. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? I do. Uh, so this might be a All quick right. one, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. So Delta, so uh-huh. you're a, a regular traveler. I like to travel as well. Um, yep. So, and you used to be American. Uh, airlines, I used right? to be, yeah. Now yeah. I'm, now I'm, my agnostic. I just want to get there. Okay, cool. So, and I'm generally a Southwest person. Um, yep. So Delta just came out with an offer where they are now going to offer free Wi-Fi to okay. everyone on. I, I read the story this morning, but I can't remember if it was all flights or most flights or something like that. But it's a really, really okay. big investment for them to um, do this. Um, I'm curious about this because like to me, I it caught my attention. I do not fly Delta, but I raised an mm-hmm. eyebrow and was like, ooh, that's actually interesting. So yeah. what do you think of this idea and will it affect mm-hmm. your flight loyalty? It will absolutely not affect my flight loyalty. I So I think it's my guess is it is in rise to what T-Mobile, who has been a huge innovator in the cellular space for the last eight to 10 years, if you're a T-Mobile customer on most airlines, you get free Wi-Fi because you're a customer. Hmm. Um, that being said, I cherish being on in a metal tube, <laughs> traveling at 560 miles an hour where no one can get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. I I cherish that. So it would not change my loyalty. And I got to believe it's that now that everybody's got Wi-Fi, it's going to slow the the Wi-Fi stream down. I, I don't know what the technology looks like mm. for you know satellite uh, internet in the air. It's one of the few places where I can go and not have to answer a phone, not have to respond to a text, not have to look at emails. Yeah. And I'm fine being on a plane for two and a half hours. Just flip my phone back on, you know, off of airplane mode when I land. By the time I've taxied to the gate, I've plowed through the emails. You know, there's maybe thirty or forty there. Half of them are trash, a couple of them I need to file, some of them are for FYI, and some I need to respond to, but I can get that done in 15 minutes. I love it. I don't need, I don't need that. I don't need that. So honestly, it would not affect my loyalty in one way at all. But I think it will become the norm, that internet standard at some point. So I I really appreciate your perspective. Kind of goes back to our conversation right before, right? Um, That sometimes we do need to disconnect. Um, Mm -hmm. So here was my thought about it too. I don't think it will affect my flight loyalty either because it's eight bucks on a Southwest flight. I'm I'm much more interested in them flying my bags for free because that's right. actually a more that's a game know, changer. Yeah, yeah, that for me that's a bigger deal. That being said, what I do see is is exactly what you said. I was thinking, okay, well this with Delta doing this force Southwest to do this, and that would be exciting to me because I hear what you're saying about I cherish that, but. And I think that that's true. 
Yeah, I do actually. I, I actually okay. most of the time don't like even yeah. the like. I didn't know I could text on a Southwest flight until the last flight I was on because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like that is not something I. But if somebody's like, if I have a project, if I have something, then I can bang it out while yeah. I'm sitting there and everybody knows I'm on a flight. They're still getting my bounce backs, right. all that stuff. To me, there is some value to me on that. And so um, I think that's interesting. Someone said to me once, and I can't remember who it was, so they get zero credit for this. <laughs> and I will now claim it as my own statement. I'm holding up a cell phone here. And I used to tell my kids, and I still do, and I tell people, this cell phone is for my convenience, not everybody else's. Mm -hmm. We have created this overly responsive society that oh my gosh if i don't answer that email right away someone else will my competitors will and i'll lose an order yeah that's a common thing i hear from my distributor customers things yeah. like that so I, I again i i turn off my email during the day i turn it off in three hour chunks i think you know this we've talked about this i turn it off just like I'm on an airplane because I want to focus on this creative project because bouncing from a creative project to someone's emailing me, uh, you know, information about an invoice or whatever, two different sides of my brain. And it's going to take me five or 10 minutes to get back into the creative thing I was doing. And I, again, I would always ask people when, when, you know, they're addicted to email and I'm just guilty by the way. So this is, I try, this is something I have to work on is what is your ex expectation for response time for an email. If someone sends, if you send someone an email, just asking generic questions, no, no one's hairs on fire. You just want a response. What's your expectation? And the answer I usually get is eight to 24 hours. Yep. That's so if I answer somebody in three hours, man, I'm above the curve. Congratulations. So yeah. I, I, I would not change what I do. I, I, I buy air, I buy internet on planes occasionally when I need to, when right. I like, like, okay, when you I need have to. got to yeah. get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. But it would not change what I do at all. I love it. Okay, cool. All right. All right, Kirby, let's go to our friends over at ad age Kirby. Now I have, I'd like you to decipher kind of a game within a topic. I'd like okay. you to decipher the following late night food orders. Okay. Okay. Just roll with me here. Okay. A MIG back Congo peas. Uh, Big Mac? Oh, yes, a Big Mac combo, please. All right, next <laughs> one. Mish Kicken and a frozen Coke. Okay, that's got to be a McChicken and a frozen uh, uh, Diet Coke? Frozen Coke. Frozen, frozen? Coke. Uh -huh. It's a frozen Coke. Uh, ferret o' frish extra tata. <laughs> Filet of fish with more tartar sauce. Yes. Uh, Nick and Chick Muggets with barbecue sauce. <laughs> Chicken McNuggets, barbecue sauce. All right. I, I feel like yeah, I understand okay. the game. So, okay. So McDonald's is eager to reestablish itself as the destination of choice after a night on the town and maybe having a couple of pops. Okay. So they are Going after White rolling Castle. out. At, <laughs> yep. They're rolling out an ad campaign in New Zealand to target tipsy late night customers. So they created this ad campaign to mimic drunk people ordering food. They actually went in McDonald's, recorded people who had maybe been overserved ordering food, and they came up with this. I'm going to use this as the cover today, but they have it all over these ads with, you know, a picture of a Big Mac and it says a MIG back Congo peas. <laughs> um, so they did research in pubs and then and went to the McDonald's. So I think it's very tricky to leverage the use of alcohol in advertising, but I think this is kind of a genius way around it. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. I, so I, I didn't love the quiz. 
without the context. But sorry, I meant I probably should have given you the context. It's totally fine. Totally fine. It would have been too easy. Uh, then because apparently I speak drunk. Um, yeah, this what I think it's really I, I, funny. I knew what all these were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this what this is really funny. I think it's really creative. And I think that it is, uh, I mean, my take is that everybody's gonna go, oh, okay, I, I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, and I think it does tie. You know, like I was joking when I said that they're going after White Castle or Taco Bell or whatever. Yeah. And hey, they're doing some business late at night. So yeah. you apparently, you know, when they used to say that nothing good happens after midnight, apparently some profit margin does. So, yeah, <laughs> I think it's an, I think it's a very, like I said, it's, it's tough to walk that tightrope, but I think it's a really interesting thing. And it would, if I was having a few and I left the pub and I'm walking to my hotel or whatever, and I was hungry and I saw that. I I think it might make me go. I could use some Mick and Chick nuggets or whatever they said. <laughs> I think I think that's pretty pretty clever advertising, and and I really love how how they did it. And I'll like I said, it'll be the cover of the uh, podcast this week. But you know what? More than anything else, Kirby, I think about sustainability. Sure. I think about eco friendly. Yeah. And I think you know you know transitioning from McDonald's that's a little tricky, but that's okay. Um, we I do hear a lot you. about sustainability. I believe in, I believe in, believe. Um, we hear a lot about sustainability, eco-friendly and being environmentally conscious in our industry. And it's hard to know who's talking the talk and who's walking the walk. And our pals over at Shepenko are walking the walk. I listed at the top of the podcast, all the things that I've already done in terms of making sure that uh, cardboard is, is at least 50% recyclable and, and so on and so forth. But they're also uh, you know, transitioning all their lights in their factory to LED to reduce their carbon footprint. They're actually trying to do something here. And this is this goes above and beyond all the sustainable, eco-friendly merchandise that they already have in terms of their pencils and uh, recyclable pens. So you want to learn more, and I think you should. Earth Day is right around the corner. Uh, head over to Shapenko.com, the newly redesigned Shapenko.com. And uh, you won't be sorry, did now, Kirby. I think we're done here. I'm gonna go ahead and get some fair o frish extra tata. <laughs> Enjoy. That's right.